Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Apostle Kingsley A.J. Gosset. Give a big shout out to the Lord and praise God for our gifts. Apostle Kingsley A.J. Gosset. Amen. Amen. I want us to honor our pastors, the ministers of God, the shepherds, the church workers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And finally, um, you can clap for yourselves too, you know. It's very important. Please, you can sit down. You can sit down. Um, so, the final people to the international ministry vlogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's very coded. We honor you and we love you dearly. Amen. 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 Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for a day like this, O Lord. Father, I pray for the grace to speak in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, O Lord, that your word will transform our hearts in Jesus' name. I stand, O Lord, in the unction of my father, Apostle Kingsley Ejigosin, O Lord. Father, give me utterance in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Charlie. I'm out of weight. <laughs> At this point, okay. Amen. Hello? Um, so, um, I think we can start. So, the title of my message is Our Journey to Divine Harvest. And um, with this, we'll be looking at what to do before, during, and after Divine Harvest. Um, need everyone's help so we do it together. Amen. Amen. So um, before we start, I want to define um, what a journey is and what a harvest is. And um, what the internet was telling me, it says that a journey is a travel or a passage from one place to another. Um, it can also be um, a process to your arrival, but it is not your arrival. I don't know if I'm making sense. So it is you moving from one place to another, but it is not you at the place. So that is what a journey is. Now, a harvest is a process of gathering. Okay. So when you look at these two definitions, there's one main word that is very key, which is what? Process. So when I was preparing for this message, um, the Lord told me that our journey to divine harvest, that before it is a process. So, divine harvest is a process. It's, it follows an order. It is not, bam, and you take it. Am I making sense? Yes, so, before we start, when you read the book of Genesis chapter 1, it makes it clear how God created the heavens and the earth. It followed what? A process. It followed what? Perfect. In, when you look at Genesis chapter 12, when God spoke to Abraham, he told Abraham to leave everything behind and he's taking him towards a land he had promised him and his generation when you read genesis chapter 12 going you realize that god through, took abraham through a process so for your journey to divine harvest it's not straightforward 
it follows what a process. But the most amazing thing about process is that process builds capacity. So a lot of us have failed to go through the process. That is why when God gives us something, we miss out. So process builds capacity. Amen. And God was, when I was preparing, it dropped in my spirit that process is the bigger umbrella for the before. But in process, there are tests and trials. Am I making sense? So God was telling me that you cannot go through the process without tests and trials. So as a believer, for you to be able to enter into divine harvest, tests and trials are key. Am I I making sense? So... I was like, hey, not me, dear test, dear me, me, ready for that, but then let's go. And it was like Genesis chapter 17, when God was um, promising Abraham, he had to change his name from Abraham to Abraham. But you realize that before God could change his name to Abraham, he had to go through tests. So the reason why God is taking you through the test is for him to work on your heart. It's for him to work on your attitude. It's for him to work on your mindset so that when you get to the place of divine harvest, you will not disgrace God. That is the key. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. And in my mind, I was like, okay, God, so when you make me president of Ghana, I'm prophesying to myself. Yes. And then, yes, Lord. The richest man in this world, I cannot go and stand on top and cheat on my wife. I cannot go and stand there and be acting like the way somebody is acting right now. Amen. 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 Please. They've given me time. Let me work. Let me work. Let me work. Amen. Amen. So, you see, you see. You look at Genesis chapter 17. God promises Abraham. But then again, you, you realize it didn't come in 18. It didn't come in 19. It didn't come in 20. It came in 21. Imagine how long Abraham had to wait for the promise. So the thing that God was telling me in Genesis chapter 21 was that God had to work on him so that he can be the father of nations. You cannot receive what God has for you in your state of singlehood. You need to receive the identity of fatherhood. That is why Abraham had to go through the process to become the father. And you know the amazing thing about God? In Genesis 22, just after the receiving, he tested him again. God, why? And then I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. And he told Abraham, I'm testing you. Bring your only son. After the test, that was when God said, now my servant Abraham, I found you faithful. It didn't make sense. So Genesis 12, he wasn't faithful. 13, all the way to 22. My God. So before you enter into your place of divine harvest, it is important for you to go through tests and trials. And God gave me a scripture in James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. That's the only scripture we'll read under this one. So can we just read this real, real quick? It says that word, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. If God is not testing you, there's no great joy. It said, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance was, has a chance to grow. Let's look at verse 4. So let it grow. For when endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. Needing what? Nothing. Exactly. That's my scripture for you. So in tests and trials, God is building you. Yes, you see, sometimes you'll be there. Ah, then 
it doesn't make sense. And God was telling me that the reason why, you know, he's building, he's testing you and taking you through the trials. Some of you, the anger you have there is no anger. You are supposed to intercede for people. Some of you, the last is there is for you to have love for lost souls. You see, the reason why you gossip a lot is because you're a preacher. Yes, it's simple. You see, the things that, the, the things that God has the enemy is using it against you. But God has put it there so that you can have love for lost souls. You can have a desire for people. That was what God was telling me. Amen. 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 But then, you see, God said, after tests and trials, when you enter into the place of tests and trials, on this kingdom, you need to have the spirit of, I don't give up. So in this, in this kingdom, we don't give up, but rather we get up. Anytime you see that you are going down, I don't give up, I get up. I don't know if I'm making sense. And I was asking God, why? He said, look at Hebrews 12, 22. What does it say? Hebrews 12, 22. Hebrews 12, 22. Hey. Hey. No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. And God said, if you have come to Mount Zion, how many of you have hiked before? Reverend hike, gone on. Reverend Andrew was telling me, we went on a hiking trip. And I was asking God, God was telling me, if you move from one point to the top of the mountain, and you've gotten there, why are you giving up? The most difficult part is what? Moving to the top. So why have you gotten to the top, which is Mount Zion? We are in Zion Impact, and you are telling me you're giving up. I don't know if you get what God is telling you, but in this kingdom, we don't give up, but we want to get Get up. up. Amen. 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 And God was telling me one more thing. He says in Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, he says that what? He is not a man that he should lie. So whatever promise God has given you, he is the one who has given you that promise. And he dropped the song in my heart and he said, my God who began it, he will accomplish it. So whatever you are going through, Know that God who began it will accomplish it. He has not left you. He has not left you. As we are entering into a place of divine harvest, you need to have the mindset that I cannot give up. Amen. Amen. But another thing that God gave me was that most of us, sometimes, you know, we don't give up. Going, but you've made your delays turn into a stagnant moment. Moment. So in this kingdom, delays are not a, an opportunity for you to be stagnant. You need to grow. You need to grow. Stagnancy doesn't exist in this in this kingdom. You can never be stagnant. Amen. So in Hebrews chapter five verse twelve, it says clearly that though you were supposed to be teachers, but at this time, Christopher Biora, you are still a baby. I cannot be stagnant. I need to move. I need to move. So in this kingdom, you need to move. And mommy, when I was preparing, the Lord dropped in my heart. And he told me in the book of Joshua, when Caleb said, it is time for me to take my mountain. He said, after 40 years. Mommy, God was telling me that whatever mountain he has given you, it is time. It is time for you to take the mountain. It is time for you to take the mountain. And I was telling myself, God, which mountain? He was like, mommy, you are a voice to many, many young children. And whatever you have gone through is supposed to push them to love God more. You are a testimony to many. I wasn't professor. It was just part of what I was writing. <laughs> Amen. 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 So we've spoken about the process. And the process we've spoken about, what, tests and trials. And we've spoken about don't give up. 
And then the final one we, we have spoken about is what? Delay. And don't make it call and stagnant. Amen. But another thing God told me was, after all of this, there's something he calls temporal harvest. So the temporal harvest is supposed to check whether you are ready for the divine harvest. Do you get it? And most of us fail at the stage of temporal harvest. Most of us fail at the stage of temporal harvest. And when you read the book of Exodus chapter 16, you realize that the, the Israelites were complaining unto God. And God said what? They were hungry. And God gave them manna. Exodus 17, they complained. God gave them water. Then Moses went to the mountain and brought the Ten Commandments, explained it into details ah, to Exodus 30. Exodus 31, you realize that what? They built a gold calf. They forgot God at that instance, after the blessing. Amen. Your temporal harvest is supposed to test whether everything God has taken you through, you built capacity to handle the divine harvest. A lot of us feel at, the, at this stage. And God was telling me to give a word to those online, the international students, and the, and the, sorry, the international community. And God was telling me that the reason why he has taken you to the UK, the reason why he has taken you to Dubai, the reason why he has taken you to France, the reason why he has taken you to Italy, Germany, Netherlands, it's not because you are there to chase after a green card. It's not because you are there to find a husband and wife. Your career doesn't have to take you away from God. Your career doesn't have to take you away from God. You see, God gave me a scripture in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. And we all know the scripture that he, can, he does exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can think of or imagine. And I was asking myself, so God, can we have 3 million members? And Reverend Robin was talking about it. And God said, ah, you are thinking too small. I can give you 33. And I said, God, 33, they're the whole guy now. And then he was like, that is why I've taken you people out there. So that when you go to US, you're winning 500,000. When you go to Dubai, 500,000. When you go to this place, 700,000. So that when God is ready to bring everybody, we have the biggest auditorium in Ghana, holding 33 million people. But then, but then, but then, my dear brothers and sisters, when the temporal harvest comes, we fail. We fail. We fail. You see, in the book of Genesis chapter 40, I like Joseph so much. You realize that God, God, God took him through the process. God took him through the process. And in Genesis chapter 40, oh Lord, you realize very key that most, um, that Joseph was prepared. So when the two prisoners came, God was testing him to see whether the capacity was ready. And when the two prisoners came, he interpreted it clearly. When he moved to 41, that was when he encountered his divine harvest. And that was when God put him into a place of divine harvest. Most of us give up too soon. It is not the $10,000 that is supposed to make you feel like you're on top of the world. And God is giving you more than 10000 God is giving you more than $1 million. You see, my God is too big. It's too big. It's too big. It's too big. And Reverend Della, when I was preparing for this message, God gave me a song and it was like, Behold, I am the Lord, the Lord of all flesh. Is there anything, is there anything too hard for him? And I saw Reverend Della singing the song to Anne and I didn't understand. But it was like, Is there anything, anything, anything? Too hard for him. Is there anything? Is there anything too hard for him? See, 
harvest, which is, 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 is killing, is without. You see, in Numbers chapter 13, you realize that God had taken the Israelites through every process. They had gotten to just pre-harvest. And God says, enter into your land. But then because they doubted God and they were seeing from what Akufada is doing in the economy, what Kenofarata is doing, what the World Bank is doing. So they were like, hey, giants, I cannot go. Do you know what God did? Numbers 14, he killed all of them. <laughs> when you're wasting God's time, he takes you away. <laughs> you see, and I was asking, I was asking, I was asking God, but why are you taking them away? And he was like, in Luke 14, he said, he has counted the cost. So he doesn't need to look foolish. That is why God has now brought you unto Christina. That is why God has now brought you now into the land flowing with milk and honey. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Are you thinking about your next tra travel flight? Are you thinking about the person you are going to marry? Are you thinking about what? Me, this message is my message. I'm praying. I'm not perfect. So please, don't think I'm judging you. Amen. Amen. I'm coming to the end of my message. And at the end, God now took me to the place of during and after. And that, that particular part dropped in my heart last, last week Sunday when I was going with Reverend Andrew. And he told me that in fact, it started on Friday. And he mentioned something that the reason why believers are failing is because they don't think generational. You don't think generational. Divine harvest is not for just you. The reason why Apostle is blessing us, the reason why he's bringing men of God, is not because of me. It's because of the people who are coming after, after, after me. A lot of, a lot of us are just selfish. A lot of us don't think purpose. We just think us. So divine harvest, in your place of divine harvest, you think generational. And it's in the scriptures. When you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, God told them clearly that what? They should write it so that they do not forget it and pass it on to generations. As, as, we, are, as we are in our month of divine harvest, have a mindset of generational thinking. That God, why are you giving me a husband? Is it because my children will have six facts? No. My children will not have beard. No. It's not going to change the economy. It is because God is giving you someone so that a person can change your mindset. Some of you are from divorce homes. Some of you are from abuse homes. God is changing that mindset so that when your children come, that cycle ends. Yes. So what are you doing? What are you doing in your place of divine harvest? For that part, I, I only had two. So maybe when you are praying, God will give you the rest. And at the place of after, you see, a lot of us think when you enter into divine harvest, that's it. Yay, we win it. But you see, the prodigal son also had divine harvest. He had his harvest, but he wasted it. So you can have divine harvest and still waste it. You can have divine harvest and still waste it. Amen. Another thing is that when you have divine harvest, God will prune you so that you can bear more. John 15. You realize that God prunes us so that we bear more. So your divine harvest is a, is a place for God to push you higher and higher and higher and higher. Amen. And you realize another thing in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 22, you realize that what? Hannah gave back. So your harvest sometimes is supposed to go back to God. Amen. 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 And the final one, that one we'll read it, we'll take our time. It says that what? In Luke chapter 5, verse 6 to 11, 
I, I want to show you something you have to do in your place of divine harvest. And then we've closed. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. It says that what? And this time, their nets were so full of fish. So this was the time after Jesus had preached. Right? And they began to tear. Let's go. A shout for help brought their partners in the boat, in the other boat. And soon, both boats were filled with fish. And on the verge of sinking, sinking, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, please leave me. I'm, I'm such a sinful man. But you see, one thing that I realized here was, when Peter got his harvest, he called others. Your divine harvest is supposed to draw more to Christ. Yes more to Christ. And you see, after your divine harvest, you enter into your place of fulfilling purpose. So you realize that, can we go to nine? Nine. He says, I'm such a sinful man. And he was like, for he was all struck by the number of fish. Uh, Go down. Don't be afraid. From from now on, you'll be fishing for people. So he, and when you go to 11, he says that he left everything and went. Hey! Imagine, God blesses you with 100 million. I don't want, I want souls, I'm going. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't make sense. But this is what divine harvest does. You see, divine harvest transforms your mind. Divine harvest takes you from a place where you're like, I'm not thinking about me, I'm thinking about the kingdom. So when God gives it to you, oh, okay, this one, okay, let me give it out. And one will come. So let's do the work of God. Amen. So it's just an encouragement that it might not look too clean. It might not look too smooth, but God is working on us. God is working on you. God is working on you. And as I come to an end, Auntie Naomi, God was telling me when I was preparing. This is I was I was preparing, so it's not like I'm prophesying here. And he was and he was asking me that I should ask you, do you believe that he can open Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, UAE, Qatar for you to do business? Do you believe? I mean, it didn't make sense to me. That's the only question I was told, I was told to ask. And I was like, and he gave me a song. He was like, Oh, you're the Oh, no, no, baby, I'm Oh, you're come, Oh, no, no, baby, I'm Yes, who I am. Yes, Lord. Now I shame. before we pray and go, is that God says I should let you understand that, you know, there's a song that, um, is the Lord, is there anything too hard for me? Is the Lord, you can just pray and talk to God. Is the Lord, 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 is the Lord,
by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministries.